It's the Dogcast, episode 131. Hey, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode 135, um, 131, getting ahead of myself, there 131 of the Global World Service, the Bulldog Dog Nation podcast. Old but we've dog, got 135 to look forward to. Yeah, 135 coming right up, man. We'll be there in just a minute, you know. Old Dog, this is it, man. The Auburn-Georgia pregame show, the oldest rivalry in the South. This is, I think, the 111th meeting. That's exactly right. It is the 111th meeting. And, and here, here you and I that. are sitting in the bunker, both of us wearing black, and we're totally in the dark. I've got I don't my, even know what you're doing. I've got my Do You Know Sean shirt on right now, and but of course you can't read it because we've got the lights out. That's right. I mean, it's just crazy down here. It is, but I tell you, it's it, you know the week. I tell you, we got an email from Young Parks McLeod up in Greenville, South Carolina, about this blackout thing. And uh, I tell you, since I got that email, the blackout has taken on a life of its own. It really has. Oh, I know. Uh, you know all this talk. You know, are we going to have black jerseys? What are we going to warm up in? What are we going to come out in? What we're going to dog walk in? You know everything. The ton. It's really it's become a marketer's dream. Coke Zero is rele- releasing special bottles with G's and blackout labels on them. The well, bookstore, and they're giving giving away shirts. Giving yeah, giving away t shirts. That's right, giving away shirts. The bookstore's got a special blackout t shirt. The blackout is gone. Imagine, mad. imagine the University of Georgia turning this into a marketing effort. Wow. Boy, who would have thunk that? <laughs> I tell you what. You know, because the University of Georgia knows how to make a buck. You know, and along those lines, before we get to the breakdown of the game, there was an interesting thing in the Journal-Constitution today, which I normally don't say there's anything interesting there. I usually just kind of look at it at a glance just to make myself mad and and get aggravated over what Terrence Moore may write or something along those lines. Martin Bradley. But they were actually, they had a breakdown of, and it's not of the money that a football game brings in basically just to the stadium and the university. They're not talking about restaurants or any kind of peripheral thing, hotels, anything like that. Just what does the university make on a game day? Right. And, you know, what kind of revenue does Sanford Stadium throw out? And the thing, and if you want to go look at it, that's fine, but the thing that got me, and we season ticket holders know this, they sell 60,000 season tickets, and every game, those season tickets, those 60,000 tickets account for $2.2 million Every per single game. game. Yeah. Every single game. But the interesting thing was the contributions of those 60,000 people to have the privilege of buying those tickets for $2.2 million <laughs> was $3.7 million. Damn near twice what the price of the ticket is. You know, just to get I mean, the privilege to buy the ticket. Right. So, you know, again, 
those of us that are season ticket holders, we have known for a long, long time, you know, about the donation and stuff. And for those of you guys that are buying them off of eBay or on the street, realize that the face value of that ticket is just a minor cost in what it costs a fan to hold that ticket in his hand. That's right. And I, I'll tell you, speaking of tickets, tickets are going for crazy money this week for this Auburn game. Crazy money. I tell you, I've seen guys bidding 450 475 480 for a pair, old dog, and not getting the bid. Man, that's nuts. You're talking nearly $500 a pair for these Auburn tickets. And... As always, as, t- as soon as ticket prices get up that high, the counterfeiters come out, and you got all these guys. You know these guys around the stadium and stuff, y'all. If you, yeah, you know, I'm telling you, the, the university, the police department, everybody's issuing these counterfeit ticket warnings. I'm telling you, when ticket prices get stupid, all kinds of crazy shenanigans can go on there, old dog. Well, don't the tickets have a hologram or something in there? I mean, I yeah, think it'd be the hard real to... ones do. I think it would be hard to uh, to counterfeit some of those, but well, you know, I guess I guess not everyone knows about the hologram and stuff, though. Too, I guess not, especially if you're from out of town. It's your one game a year, that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so it's a big game, old dog. Big game. It's well, a game. It's always, it's always a big game. I mean, you know, I can't think of many times that we haven't had to win this game to either be the SEC champ or to have a chance to play you know, in the conference championship game against the West, uh, you know, this is just, it's huge. we got to beat Auburn. And, you know, as we've said before, this is a series that favors the road team. You know, Auburn has more wins in Sanford Stadium than any other opponent. They've beaten us there 17 times. We, on the other hand, we are, we've won more times in Jordan-Hare than Auburn's won in Jordan-Hare. You know, it's a... It's a it's, it's a, a crazy series. series. It's a visitor series, man. And you know the dogs have got a lot against them this week, old dog. You've got Auburn remembering the thrashing they took last year. You've got the uh, the fact that it's a visitor series. You know they've got Will Muschamp uh, as their defense coordinator. Hopefully man. soon to be ours. Soon to be, yeah. So, what do you think, old dog? Let's talk about this Will Muschamp thing for a second, because I want to put something in your pipe here, big dog. Okay. Will Muschamp and his Auburn defense held McFadden, D-Mac, McFadden and Jones, the running back tandem from uh, Arkansas. They held those two running backs, the two running backs that hung 541 yards on the Gamecocks. They hung... 67 yards on Auburn. Auburn held McFadden and Jones to 67 yards rushing two weeks ago, old dog. I'm telling you what, they are tough against the run, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. But they, you know, they lead the SEC in scoring. They're fifth in the nation in scoring. And yet, with all that, the past two years, we've scored 30 and 37 on him. When we've played Will Muschamp in his defense, regardless of how good he's been throughout the year, we've skunked him. So do you think the dogs have got it in him again to hang 30 or better on Will Muschamp's deed this week? Oh, man, that's tough. I, I hope we do, but I'm thinking it's going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, I think this thing is going to be like a 24-17 game, 21-14 something along those lines. Right. It's, 
there, I don't think there are going to be a lot of points put up on the board. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're putting a lot of points on. I mean, I tell you, Auburn has been struggling on offense this year when they're in the SEC. Right. And they are not putting a bunch of points on. I mean, they've, uh, you know, they're averaging under 20 points a game. Yeah. They are, and, and you know, they're not the same team without Brandon Cox back there, you know. I mean, the same team that came to Athens two years ago and beat us on that fourth and 15 play, they beat us oh, by one man, point. Don't, don't I know bring that up. You love it when I bring Just, that play up, oh, don't you? Lord, I'm hoping you know. some defensive players, I'm, and you know who, you know who I'm talking to out there. I'm hoping some defensive players, some guys that play a long ways from the line of scrimmage, those guys, the guys in the backfield of the defense, I'm hoping those guys are listening because I'm telling you, on 4th and 15, if it comes down to a 4th and 15 and we've got a receiver standing in the middle of the field with not Wide. a D-back Wide in, open. in his area code, I'm going to I'm going to kill somebody, old dog. I'm going to freaking yeah. kill somebody. So they beat us 31 to 30 2 years ago. And, and that Athens. person should be Willie Martinez. Oh my god. By the I, way, I think about that play. But anyway, Will Muschamp's bringing his SEC leading defense into town. I actually I tell you what, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I know wow. that Auburn is scoring not a lot of points, and they're scoring less than 20. But you got to remember, old dog, they're playing our defense this weekend. And our defense, they don't necessarily specialize in not giving up a lot of points, you know? No, and, well, you're right. And, I mean, our you know our defense is kind of like a tale of two cities. Uh, you know, I mean, we've got the our, our front seven, you know, are playing, you know, are playing pretty good. They yeah. really are. And I hope that they go back and watch – last year's game and what what really set the tone early in our big win last year was the fact that we got after Cox put pressure on him shook him up and he just wasn't he wasn't the quarterback that he normally is and we're going to have to do that again this year we have got to put pressure on the quarterback and take as much pressure off of our defensive backs as we can not going to turn negative, not going to call names, but I don't think there is anybody, even the most loyal and stir- and of Bulldog fans, I think everybody knows probably the weakest link in our defense is our defensive backs. Right. And we have got to do anything we can to give those fellows some help and, and cover up their flaws. No doubt. And the best thing to do would be to have Brandon Cox, if not on his butt, running around for his life. That's right. I agree, man. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you something else is going to help us a lot. Our defensive front seven is going to have to really step up the pressure. We're going to have to do a lot of like what we did against Florida, I think, where we're bringing pressure without blitzing, you know, because we're oh, going yeah. to have, we can't afford to, you know, be not dropping guys back in coverage and stuff. We need to bring pressure without bringing the kitchen sink. And uh, I know our defense can do it, and that's what it's going to take. But at the same time, we're going to need a heavy dose of Sean Moreno. We're going to have to break Will Muschamp's back because we're going to have to run the ball and control the ball, I think. I mean, you know, obviously, the way to help our defense the best is keep them off the field. 
You know, if our oh, yeah. offense can control the ball and at least just grade out, you know, at least just share the time possession, as long as we don't get killed on time possession, that's what I'm worried about. We've got to not have a lot of three and outs. We can't be punting the ball all day long because that kind of, that's going to wear our defense out and that's going to hurt us. That's right. And, and speaking of that, it looks like Cade Weston is going to be uh, ready to go. Yeah, and now, Thomas Brown's going to be ready to go. I know. Yeah, and that and that that concerns me a little bit. I know you it know, does. All that. Uh, I just, you know, Thomas Brown's story is, is is great. You know, I mean, he's probably the hardest working kid that you know we've had. He's a senior. You know, he's come back. Really, this is his second major injury that you know he's miraculously come back from. Right. And and I know Coach Rick. He is so loyal. And you know, loves to, and he loves Thomas Brown. I know. Loves his work ethic and everything, and wants but, to reward him. You know, but you know, and and I hate to say this, but we have gotten better without Thomas Brown, without this running back by committee. We we are a better team when we have a a front line premier running back that gets twenty to twenty five touches and can wear down a defense. And you're not going to wear them down running two different running backs. Uh, you know, let Brown return kickoffs. Uh, if he's got to spell Sean for a down or two, you know, put him in. But we need to stick with the game plan that That's beat Florida and, and beat Troy. And, yeah. you know, I, I was talking to my buddy, Jimmy Blakewood, who was a defensive lineman, and he said it's, very, very difficult for the line to have a bunch of different running backs that they're blocking for. And, you know, someone that hadn't played on the line probably wouldn't realize, but the line gets in a rhythm, and they know what that back is going to do. They know which, what kind of, which way they need to move the guy. They know when that guy's going to hit the hole. It's just you develop a rhythm with that one running back, and, you know, we haven't had that for the last two years. It's teamwork. I mean, what you're talking about, old dog, is teamwork, man. Yeah. You know? It's as simple as that. And I agree. I do think that having Thomas Brown on the sidelines is a good thing. I, I do. I love the kid. I love his work ethic. And I believe if no show, if no, if no Sean Moreno needs a breather, if he needs to take a play off, then I would. I, there's nobody I'd rather have out there than Thomas Brown getting the reps because he's going to be dangerous on those plays. But as a regular rotation, switching series after series, you know, regular regularly splitting downs, that like you said is a losing strategy. And we've been a better team with more success running the ball and wins and losses when we had one feature back named No Sean Moreno running the ball. Oh yeah, and I think I think everybody knows that. I think Thomas Brown knows that. You know, right? And and I mean, and you can't have, you know, No Sean has got to touch. He, for us to win this game, No Sean has got to touch the ball at least twenty five times. And hell, I'd like to see it about forty. I know. I tell you what, you know how many thousand yard seasons Thomas Brown has? Zero. That's exactly right. Um, eighty yards. You know how many eighty yard runs from the line of scrimmage uh, he, Thomas Brown's got? Well, do you count the screen pass against LSU? No. 
then, then I would say zero. That's exactly right. 80-yard run, the longest we've had since 1997. Thousand Robert yard Edwards, season. I believe. That's exactly right. Thousand-yard season, first we've had since Musa did it in 2002. And before that, we didn't have anybody since 90, since 92. And this kid, Noshawn Moreno, has the second highest total yards for a freshman at the University of Georgia ever behind hand over Put your heart. hand over your heart. You know who? The great Herschel Walker. The great Herschel Walker. And, and believe me, all believe me, dog fans. I know the difference between saying we've got a thousand yard rusher and second best and being first best. Just because he's second best doesn't mean he's closing in on the great one. Don't don't no. even don't worry no about one, that. No one ever will. Don't worry about that. Hey, so that's what we got to do, dog fans. I'll tell you one other thing, old dog, that I bet you don't know. And I bet the dog nation doesn't know this because we've been talking all year about Stacy Searles and this offensive line, how we've got these freshmen out there. You've got Clint Bowling and Sturdivant, Haverkamp's hurt, Haverkamp's back, Velasco this and that. But you know what? Quietly, I guess, I don't know, you know, quietly and slowly but surely, our boy Stacy Searles has been putting it together. And, you know, right now, when they grade offensive lines, amongst BCS teams, the University of Georgia, 13th best offensive line in the country. Wow. I when had you, no idea. When you score it by sacks allowed, yards gained rushing, yards given up, all the different things that they score offensive linemen on, we are 13th in the country, man. I tell you what, I bet we weren't 13th when we were running three different running backs. Absolutely not. We were not 13th in the country. That's a good point, on dog. But our Stacy Searles, and the, I'm telling you what, he's bumping heads for most valuable Bulldog of the year this year because you know as well as I do, I don't care how good Noshawn Moreno is. If your offensive line's not getting it done, everything else is just conversation. That That's exactly right. And, I mean, you can have all the talent in the world at quarterback and running back, and as we've said time and time again, if that line can't block and that line can't protect, doesn't matter how many good skill players you have, they're not going to be worth a darn. What do you think about uh, Auburn's offense? I know you mentioned that you didn't think they were too good. You know, I mean, they're and they're they've been spotty. You know, I mean, they've been up and down. I mean, really, you're talking about a team here that's lost to Mississippi State. I mean, yeah. when, you, when you get beat by Sly Croom, man, you got some problems. You know. Well, you know, I mean, you look at it, and when they have played, when they've played SEC teams. They've scored 14, 20, 35, 9, 24, and 17 points. Oh, man. Did you yeah. pull that off the top of your head, old dog? Yeah, man. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what brain, I thought. You know, exactly. You're a football computer, much like much like Mike Bobo. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, and and they're not they're not performing well uh, against Arkansas. They were one for 13 on third down conversions. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's something that we've got, you know, in, in Troy, we, we dropped the ball there on Troy, too. That's probably one of our biggest things. When we get into a third and long situation, we need to shut them down. We need to get the ball. Uh, and, you know, that's why I'm thinking it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, Auburn's got a good defense. We are going to have to run the ball, and we're going to have to try to wear them down, which means hopefully a lot of our scoring is going to come in the fourth quarter. And we're not going to be uh, trying know. to score fast either. We're not going to be doing quick strike, you know, 87-yard things. That's what you'd think. That's the conventional wisdom. But I'm telling you, I got my money. I got my money on the other side of the table today, man. I'm telling you, this well, game's we'll going to be. This game's going to have some scoring in it. 
Well, we'll see what happens, and I'll tell you what, I'll take a touchdown any way we can get it, whether yeah. it's a, whether it's a 15-play, 85-yard drive, or whether it's a quick strike to Mikey Henderson or Sean Bailey or, or Mo Mass or any, someone we haven't even heard of. Any way you can get it. You know, they, they might resurrect Michael Moore from the dead. I don't know. <laughs> tell you what, or maybe bring Kenneth Harris out of cold storage. There ain't, there ain't no talent. Well, I tell you uh, what, I, I think I, – I just think it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. It's just well, like it, always. It, it always it, it always is. It's like uh, it's, it's going like to come JR, down to play. It's like Jr. says on WWF, it's going to be a slobber knocker. Yeah, every single play counts. I mean, really, dog fans, this is the kind of game where every single play is going to count, and it's going to it's going to take sixty minutes of effort. We have to win every minute, every play, and. Um, Man, it's, it's going to be tough. And, I mean, and, and we need to come out with the kind of fire that we had in in the uh, Florida game. Which which brings me full circle, brings us full circle, old dog, back to this blackout. Because I've got some ideas, you know. Our, our friends over at the Dog Bone have come up with a great idea, and I want to put this out there. Uh, first, let's talk, old dog, for just a second about what we think about the blackout. I mean, in general, I disagree with things like the blackout. It's to me like it's the kind of manufactured enthusiasm like the Georgia towels were last year. This this smacks of, you know, you know, like I said, fake or artificial enthusiasm, much like something that the Gamecocks would try. Well, and, you know, they sure. tried the blackout against the Gamecocks tried a blackout against Florida in like 2001. And you know what the Florida, you know that receiver, um, I don't know what his name is. He's in the pros now. He said that uh, he enjoyed the blackout because it helped them see the balls in the air on their way to a 52 to 17 victory. So, you know, the blackout didn't work so much for the Gamecocks, and I don't really go for artificial uh, you know, things like this. But Well, and you know, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was I was going to throw this in. You know, the and, and you know me. I, traditions need to start by themselves, and they need to start at the grassroots. That This towel thing, you know, that was just stupid. That was something that the university was trying to do. This, to me, is a little bit different. This is something that the players, I think it was the seniors, yes. actually said, we would like to see this. And to me, that's that's kind of neat stuff. I, I mean, when, I agree. when a group, when this group of kids says, "Look, you know, let's let's see if we can motivate the fans to get out there and wear black." I mean, this is the same group that after that Florida game was jumping up in the stands, you know, doing dances down there after our first touchdown. That's right. This this to me is a kind of grassroots. You know, this is starting with with just a bunch of kids. So you know, let's wear. Let's ask the fans to wear black, and, and and Coach Rick did it, and you know it's not like they're although Coke has jumped in and is going to have some T-shirts, but you know it's not like they're going to be passing out towels and wanting people to wave them and you're right. you know junk like that. This was the team asking the fans to do something. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to. I, I generally that's that was my point. I generally don't go for the artificial enthusiasm thing. And if a fraternity had started this, if Michael Adams had started it, if anybody else had started it other than daggum players, uh, 
You know, I wouldn't have given the t- I wouldn't have thought about it for two seconds. But like you said, these are our players, man. This is our team. That you know, we are the twelfth man, and they're asking something specific. They don't ask much. We ain't got to do grass drills. You know, we're not running forties or anything like that. You know, they just want us to wear a black shirt. You know, like Matthew Stafford said, how hard is it to pull on a stinking black T-shirt? You know. So having said all that. I think I'm in on the blackout, man. I'm going to wear I'm, the black I'm shirt. all for it. I'm in. I'm all for it. I'm not going to wave a black towel, and I'm not going to go to a family-friendly zone or any of this other contrived <laughs> stuff. But, but to me, this is you know this is the kind of stuff that's neat. Well, here's what I'm thinking too for the extra the extra effort. You know, this came from our buddies uh, at, at the Dog Bone. But I'm telling you, I think in addition to the black shirts, we all need to come in ski mask. Black ski mask, dude. Come on. Ski mask. Would that scare the crap out of the Auburn team or what? If you had 92,000 black ski masks, maybe you got some chainsaws in there. Maybe well, a, now they're, they're, whoa, whoa. They're come on. Let you, they're not going to let you take a chainsaw in there because they're going to be afraid that you may have put alcohol in the gas tank. <laughs> That's you right. know, that you may have filled that gas tank come up Come on, with man. We need, we need 92,000 ski masks in the fans, dude. Now, that would scare the hell out of somebody. I'm telling that would be that would be pretty neat. Scare the hell out of me. <laughs> That's the kind of unity we need, dog fans. We need ninety two thousand ski masks in the stadium, man. We're gonna show you a blackout, all right. But And uh, if you don't have a ski mask, you can get it from uh from us just by going to your PayPal button. That's right. If you need a black ski mask, <laughs> we click got the PayPal button on dogcast.com. Go to we dogcast.com got- and type black ski mask in the Google search box for that matter. Old dog, but really, don't you think, I mean, don't you really think that we just don't have much of a chance to win this game? I mean, really, don't you if, think... If Auburn if Auburn shows up, they're going to beat us for my Chicago friends. That's what I was thinking, too. If they, if Auburn makes it to the stadium, we're done for. Because, really, all they got to do is show up. That's so, it. So, you know, I I think that's going to just about, on that sobering note, dog fans, that's going to about wrap it up. Really, we're doomed. So, uh, it's black shirts, black ski masks. Look down at your iPod. You'll see a picture of Ugga there. Ugga's ready for game day, man. Ugga is ready for the game. He's set. He's got everything he needs. Dog fans, give us a call at 706-534-1516 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Old dog. You got anything else, man? Have you got any other pearls of wisdom to spread for us, other than the fact that the Kentucky game next week is going to be a twelve thirty kickoff? It is a twelve thirty kickoff. Uh, no, you know, I mean, this is this is the oldest rivalry in the South, hundred and eleventh meeting between these two teams. Uh, we've got more wins on in their stadium. They've got more wins than ours. It's a it's a crazy game, but I'll tell you this. We're not going to be competing for a championship if we don't beat Auburn on Saturday. Man, true that, my friend. And I'll tell you something else. It's been 25 years. I brought this up the other day. We haven't beat Florida and Auburn in the same season in 25 stinking years, old dog. We man. got to get that done. We got to get it done, man. I'm tired. I'm tired. Just like I said before the Florida game, I was tired of losing to Florida. I'm tired of losing to Auburn in Sanford Stadium. Oh, yeah. 
So, in spite I mean, of the that fact was, that, that all Auburn's got to do walk out of the stadium two years ago. Oh my gosh! And a miserable drive out of that parking deck. But oh, <laughs> our parking we're deck days are behind talk us. About that. But <laughs> listen, dog fans. In spite of the fact that all Auburn needs to do is show up in order to win the game. I still think we should come. I still think we should wear black, and we cheer on the dogs to victory. It's going to be a big game. No Sean's going to tote the rock and carry us to victory. Absolutely. Get us Absolutely. out of here, old dog. Take us out, man. Man, that's it. Let's let's get ready. It's the South's oldest rivalry, 111th meeting between the Auburn War Eagle Tiger Plainsman against poor, lonely Georgia, who's only got one nickname, the Bulldog. <laughs> and we are going to take a big bite out of all three of their asses. You got that, dog fans. Go dogs! Hey, Derek and Old Dog, this is Dustin, stationed over here in Charleston in the Navy. I uh, just got through listening to the dog dial from this past week after the Florida game. I know I'm a little late, but uh, I do remember who Robert Edwards' backup was. He was uh, Patrick Pass, but I think that just goes to prove your point. We had a pretty decent backup to Robert Edwards. That they still started Robert Edwards pretty much on every down that we ran the ball. But uh, I guess I was just going to call and tell you guys that I didn't know that. And uh turns out he was a pretty good running back because uh, both him and Robert Edwards both went to the New England Patriots. And Patrick, after Robert Edwards hurt his leg, Patrick Pass got some good playing time up there. And uh, But I was going to call and let you guys know that I did know that. I know I'm a little late with it, but uh, go dogs. Hey, Derek and Old Dog, this is Matthew from Greenville, South Carolina again. I took a couple shows off, but I've been out of town, but it's good to be back. Um, you know, I didn't get to see the Troy game, but I had uh, constant updates from a friend of mine who also is up here in South Carolina. Um, you know, I, I know that our secondary didn't play good, but or play well, I should say, sorry. Uh, but, you know, I don't know that we should be ashamed for necessarily giving up 34 points to an offense like Troy. but. Again, my concern is still the secondary. Coach Martinez, please, I'm begging with you, sir. I'm pleading with you, sir. Check the game film from last year versus Auburn. Check the game film from last week. We've got to, if it's not broke, don't fix it, Coach Martinez. And earlier this year, the defense was broke. Now, the way you played against Florida, the game plan versus Florida, and the game plan against Auburn last year was not broke. Do not fix it. Pressure the quarterback. Put pressure on Brandon Cox, and we'll be okay. I'm concerned about, uh, you know, I still have flashbacks from uh, from that 4th and 11 play from 2005 in Athens. We, we should have won that game hands down. But, you know, our secondary has got to step up. You know, if if we do that, if we put pressure on Cox, take take some pressure off of our secondary, and if our secondary steps up, I think we'll be okay because I think Coach Rick has settled in on Sean. I think he's I think he's sold on him because everybody else sure is. And I think if we continue to give the ball to Sean, that will loosen things up for Stafford and the receivers, and I think we'll be okay. But we got to pull it out, boys. We got to step up and beat Auburn. You know, I think I think if we were able to beat Auburn and Florida in the same year, that would be a a potential stepping stone for our program to go to the next level. And uh, you know, I think everybody's happy at the level that we're at, but you know, we're not satisfied. We need to go up to the next level. This is the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, we need to go up to the next level. Step up, boys. Beat Auburn. 
Derek and Old Dog love the show. Y'all have a good one. Enjoy the game. Go dogs. Hey, Derek. Old Dog is trying from Winder. Um, just driving along through my hometown of Winder, I just want to know, uh, why don't we have uh, Mikey back there returning punts? And uh, is there a reason for that that y'all might be able to answer that question on the next podcast? Uh, I just, you know, just didn't know what y'all were thinking about that because I mean, I don't mind Thomas Thomas Flyers returning punts. I mean, he's also punt returner also, but I'd rather see Mikey back there because I think Mikey has a little bit more speed than Thomas does. Uh, if you could just answer that question, I mean, I know he had a hurt hamstring during the uh, before the Tennessee game, and that's why he didn't return punts. For that game, and I haven't seen him really return since then. And uh, just want to know if you can answer that question. And I'd like to see uh, Mikey actually get into the kickoff return game a little bit. But uh, thanks uh, for taking my my question, and uh, I'll see you next podcast. Go dogs!